they drop the ball. It's beyond my comprehension why they would allow Connor McDavid to advertise and push a product, but they wouldn't allow to advertise that if you bet with us, we're going to charge less fees. The AGCO set them up. If they would have allowed them to advertise bonuses, they might not have gone as aggressive. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again on the Gaming News Canada Show podcast presented by our friends at Osler, Hoskin, and Harcourt LLP. I'm your host, Steve McAllister. This week, we welcome back to the show, after a bit of a hiatus, the man behind Sharp Edge Picks on Twitter, Harley Redlick. Harley, uh, great, to, great to see you again, and uh, re- really appreciate you taking some time and, uh, you know, last two weeks of August to, to come back and join us on the podcast. My pleasure, Steve. Thanks for having me. Hey, Harley, I want to start... Uh, you know, usually this show we get pretty, uh, we get hip deep in, in what's going on in the industry with with the, with news, and we're gonna, we certainly want to talk to you about that uh, later because there, there's lots of it to talk about, and we haven't had you uh, with us for a while. But I'd like to start off on a bit of a lighter note and just uh, get some quick thoughts. I mean, I, I know, you know, judging or reading your Twitter account, uh, I know you follow the Blue Jays quite closely. If you, you do. Uh, you do like to make a bet or two on the Major League Baseball season. Um, just love to start by getting your general thoughts on the Blue Jays season. How, how's that been for betters? For betters, it's been medium. For fans, it's been medium. The truth is the Jays are about where we expected the Blue Jays to be. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, they're listed at around anywhere between 17 and 25 to 1 to win the World Series. Just a reminder to always line shop. So they're the eighth choice. Um, Our season is definitely not going as good as Baltimore's is, but it definitely isn't going as bad as the Yankees are. We're pitching even better than expected. Our defense is great. We can't really hit. But you average it out and we're about where we want it to be. Yeah, and we're recording this podcast on, on Tuesday afternoon, Harley, as the Jays get ready to open a series in Baltimore. Um, you know, in 162 games, I'm always kind of reluctant to say a series is pivotal, but we are kind of getting about six weeks left in the regular season. We're obviously, you know, the Blue Jays getting swept by the Orioles would be uh, would definitely be a step in the wrong direction. Maybe, but the reality is if you had to pick off the five worst teams in the league, you'd probably come up with some combination of Kansas City, Oakland, Colorado, and that's who we're going to next, uh, Washington and Cleveland. That's our next 15. So the truth is 0-3 against Baltimore, as bad as that looks, and then 11-4 against those bad teams, which is a doable 70%, and that's 11 and 7 over your next 18 games and you're in decent shape. Hey Harley, is there one of those teams up top that that you like to win the World Series right now? Is there a clear-cut favorite to you? I mean, the two big favorites are the Braves and the Dodgers. They both look awesome and there's way less competition in the National League than the American League. Baltimore, Tampa, the Jays, Seattle, Houston and Texas all rank better than anybody but those two teams. Um, Atlanta right now is probably the favorite. They're going to have home field throughout. They got two leaders in slugging percentage in Acuna and Olsen, and they got a strong pitching staff. I want to ask you about the NFL regular season, which starts in, in a couple of weeks and, and kind of a, a couple of different directions here. I guess the first one is, uh, you know, are the, are the Chiefs uh, a clear-cut favorite, or, or do you see some other teams right now if, if you were – 
going to lay a bet today on, on someone to win, win the Super Bowl? Is there someone you'd bet on other than the Chiefs? The Chiefs are the favorite. They're kind of the clear-cut favorite at about anywhere between 5 and 7 to 1. And then in short order, you see the other big teams. You'd expect the Eagles, the Bills, the Niners, then the Bengals and the Jets. Um, if you're looking down the board, I would highly recommend focusing on the NFC. Right now, the AFC is just a dominator. I mean, with Herbert in San Diego and Mahomes in Kansas City and Burrow in Cincinnati and Jackson in Baltimore and Allen in Buffalo and now Rodgers with the Jets, you got six of the seven best along with Hurts in the NFL. So you start looking down the line and, for example, the Detroit Lions at between 20 and 25 to 1 are the best team in their division. Or if you really want to be aggressive, the Saints. The Saints are in the mid-30 to 1s. Their division is horrendous. They're also playing the two worst other divisions, the AFC South and the NFC North. So if you like the Saints and you think they could kind of beat up on some bad teams, they might kind of get into the playoffs with a high seed. Harley, you were really good uh, back in the days when I was writing uh, a call, weekly column on sports writing for the Toronto Star and kind of that early lead up to uh, to the opening of the regulated market in Ontario, just giving some advice to betters and providing some thoughts. Again, if you're, we're, if you're someone looking at betting on the NFL season, are, are there suggestions you would make for, for young or new betters right now in terms of preparing yourself for the season or, or – uh, you know, a couple of future bets that you might want to uh, make before the, the before a kickoff on week one? Well, rule number one is bet responsibly and within your bankroll. Rule number two, if you have the means, open up accounts as, as many shops as possible, especially before the NFL season. They'll often offer bonuses that you can take advantage of. Rule number three, if you like a game and you like a line, line shop it and make sure you can get the best line. So, for example, in week in this weekend in the preseason, the Steelers right now are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at Atlanta. But I guarantee you, if you look across the board, you'll find some fours and you'll have some fives, and those half points really add up. So I would do a lot of that. Limit your futures betting. They take a lot of VIG. Limit your parlay betting unless they'll allow you to do correlated stuff. Keep it small. Keep it to the spread or the over-unders to just a few games in line shop. Hey, Harley, and for, for betters, too, that tend to like just to bet on their their, their favorite uh, favorite team or the, their, their home team, is there some advice you can give to there? Because, obviously, and we've talked about this, is, you know, those fans tend to bet with their hearts. But are there ways that they can bet with their hearts and at the same time bet smartly? Well, I mean, if they future bets their teams to win their division – beat their total over-under in game wins for the year, win the Super Bowl, etc. They're just shelling out bets at the beginning of the season and they get to watch the whole season. So, for example, if you want to put 150 bucks in your account and bet 50 that your team goes over their win total, bet 50 that they win their division and 50 that they win the Super Bowl, that's your 150 bucks. You can cheer for your team the whole year and you don't start getting sucked into betting and pressing. They lost a couple games they're due or any of that stuff. Great, uh, that's that great, great stuff, Harley. But let's let's move. I want to move over to to some of the uh, the storylines from from the summer, and and uh, we've talked about it on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Of obviously the quote blockbuster deal of the summer was a merger between ESPN and Penn, and and Penn getting rid of Barstool Sports, 
And again, you're someone who follows the media landscape quite closely. You, you know, obviously as a better, you you follow product closely. What uh, what's kind of struck you by the ESPN pen deal? What do you what do you see as the challenges and the opportunities? I mean, I think ESPN's desperate. Uh, their their bread and butter is obviously the cable business that they lost. They want to lever off the brand of sports and the hotness of gambling. Um, Fox, obviously, Fox Sports, Fox Bets tried this unsuccessfully. Um, the Levy family and the score did a phenomenal job, obviously, on the flip side. Having said that, the score had the best cable sports betting shows around 15, 20 years ago. So the Levy family gets this business. ESPN doesn't. I mean, Van Pelt does a nice job. And if they let Van Pelt run it with some sports bettors, amazing. But I think ESPN is going to have some problems with the bureaucracy, problems with uh, both encouraging betting. But at the same time, I mean, ESPN showing the Little League World Series all week. Are they running ads for their ESPN bets while they're showing 12-year-olds betting games? I know you can't take bets on the Little League World Series. ESPN's also a big fan of pushing their gender equality agenda, but they're going to offer 20 times more props on the NBA than the WNBA. And they're going to let betters bet 50,000 on the NBA and only a thousand on the WNBA because the market's deeper, more efficient and more liquid. Is that going to be perceived by some people as being unfair or misogynistic? I don't know, but ESPN is doing this, I think, more out of desperation than as a calculated move, and we'll see how it plays out. Harley, I'd love to get your thoughts just, again, a lot of talk around editorial integrity and, and how, if you're ESPN, how do you in integrate your insiders or your people into this ESPN bad experience? Like, you know, is it strictly, you know, hand, hands-off insiders completely stay away with that, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, for starters, the whole idea of the guys they currently have being involved in it, I don't think necessarily understand betting. Just because you played football or you're a broadcaster doesn't make you an expert sports better. The expert sports betters are largely these guys in front of their computers running numbers and giving analysis. So, I mean, I think everybody's kind of half pregnant with this. They want a hockey player who's talking about betting a little bit. Um, but not too much, and they're trying to kind of strike the balance. Uh, there's no question about the fact that these insiders, I mean, uh, what's his name, Woj, I think it is, in the, in the NBA, breaks trades before anybody else. So, I mean, he has access to inside information. He'd go to jail if he traded on that stuff. In the sports betting world, obviously, it's a little murkier. Uh, everybody's racing to figure out information that the markets don't see. If LeBron is ever announced out one day for rest, the line moves before the announcement comes out. So people have an idea of it and word is trickling out, whether it's janitors, coaches, buddies, some random kid who's there at the arena during the day who sees LeBron's not really playing and starts tipping it off. I don't know. But now that the leagues are fully embracing gambling, they need to step up their game and come up with a better, more comprehensive rule plan. Harley, we haven't had a chance to talk to you for, for quite a while. And again, I do want to get your thoughts when we talk about media and that. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the Canadian media industry has taken some flack for, for their attempts 
for the most part so far. Are, I, I guess really hockey's probably been the main main target in terms of trying to integrate sports betting content and, and sports media content. And you have a unique perspective as someone who does a lot of betting. Have you seen any progress or any positive movement in terms of, of what sports and TSN are, are trying to do with with you know kind of providing sports fans with some insight around betting or some information around betting? No, really. It's funny. We talked about this on Twitter space before the whole thing launched and I got flack from everybody because I said that they were going to roll out way too many ads because the money is just DraftKings cost per acquisition. They just can pay a lot more than Harvey's or Petro Canada can. So we knew the ad dollars were going to flow and then we knew there'd be the bounce back and you, I was told CRTC was going to regulate it or whatever. That's not this comes down to the court of public opinion. What I think TSN and Rogers should have done and what I still think they should do is dedicate a station to gambling. So TSN bets or Rogers bets instead of TSN 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 that are showing the same thing. The betting station should focus exclusively on betting. That way if you're a parent or you're religious or you don't want to hear from gambling, you can just block the cable station TSN 4 that's bets or whatever it is in your house and the problem's relieved. The betting station can focus on quality content betting and the non-betting stations can focus on hockey analysis or whatever else they want to talk about and take ad dollars from uh, 7-Eleven and like, like two liter jugs of sugary pops that we've kind of decided are better as a society. But right now I think it's half pregnant. It's tick the box, have a hockey player mention a bet 365 line, but they don't really understand what they're talking about. It doesn't service the real betters because it's not insightful. It does annoy the casual guys or the guys that are trying to watch the game with the kids and don't want the betting. So right now, I, I, I think the half-pregnant state is not ideal for anybody. A word from our sponsor. The Gaming News Canada Show is presented by Osler, Hoskin & Harcourt, LLP. Osler's gaming practice has the insight needed to help clients navigate the complex and evolving landscape of the gaming industry. Osler's position as a trusted advisor in the gaming industry has been built over years of service to operators, suppliers, and gaming authorities. Visit osler.com slash gaming for more information. That's O-S-L-E-R dot com forward slash gaming. Now back to the show. Have you seen any integrations at all, Harley, that you think there's there's potential here or are you actually like, whether it's a, a personality or a concept in, in Canada? The one thing that I don't mind that I do like is they've done a good job integrating on, on for example, on Sportsnet. If you're watching a J game, they used to show sometimes in between innings highlights from other games. So when they show highlights of the out-of-town Yankees Red Sox game, they'll show the Bet365 line because they're the sponsor with the in-game. That part's good because it's relevant. Every casual fan wants to know what's going on in the other games. And if you're a better you get a chance to see that with a team up 3 nothing, they're like minus 5-600. So I think that was a pretty good, easy way to do integration. I find that the analysis between periods in hockey and the intermissions is lacking. Speaking of Bet365, you know, big, big news last week uh, for Woodbine Entertainment announcing that they, they had done a partnership deal with Bet365 Bet just before uh, the Kings played. That race was won. Uh, well, run on the weekend on Sunday. Uh, Woodbine is, is reporting they had the, their, their biggest day, their biggest day ever. And in terms of handle, 
Uh, Jim Lawson, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, uh, told Dave Briggs from Play Canada yesterday that that Bet365 um, deserves some of the credit for for that bump. I think it was, uh, geez, I hope I'm right here, Harley. I think it was an $18 million handle uh, for the uh, for the day. Um, you know, you're someone who had been vocal. You you were frustrated uh, when the regulated marketplace came to Ontario and you could no longer bet on a Kentucky Derby or a at that back then a queen's plate on a mobile sports betting app uh your thoughts your thoughts on the on the woodbine bet 365 deal it's i mean for betters it's horrible it doesn't address the issue because it's just parimutuel betting so for the betters that don't understand this or i mean lawson understands this but he's not he's not happy about it there's two ways to bet there's parimutuel betting which basically means all the money goes into the pool the house or woodbine takes over 15% out, and then the rest of the prizes are distributed among the winners. Meaning, and versus the way we're used to betting sports, which is if we bet a, a team to win the championship or we bet a horse at 22 to 1 and we bet them for $100, we know we're getting back $2,200 profit plus our $100. Very mutual. They might show the odds at 22 to 1. But if a lot of guys bet your horse, you might only get 15 to 1 on your money. Parimutuel is phenomenal for the operators, and I get it from a risk management perspective. It's horrendous for the bettors. It doesn't work in sports betting. When Bet365 was a gray market site, Pinnacle, Bet365, etc., offered horse racing on the big races like the Derby or the Queen's Plate, and you knew the odds you were getting. So I don't think this product with Perry Mutual is going to resonate very well with a younger audience that's like, what do you mean I bet and I don't know my odds? Like, I mean, it's it's the old school way. I understand that the way the laws work and the way Woodbine was grandfathered in and is, is it's a Perry Mutual. I get why the operator is pushing it because they have no other choice, but it's a disservice to betters. And it's not it's not it's not going to do much for the horse racing industry. Harley, for some of us that, that uh, you know are trying to wrap their heads around around this this issue, um, Lawson did talk last week about about fixed odds racing and and said it is it is a few years away. What is the issue with with fixed odds? Is because Woodbine's done this deal with the federal government to have you know basically have an exemption or or you know be able to hold on to that paramutual money? Is it is it as simple as that? It, it's my understanding that horse racing was grandfathered in. It was regulated by the feds. It was tied into the Perry Mutual. I, I mean, that's why I was even surprised Woodbine managed to pull off this deal with Bet365. I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that these Woodbine deals have going for them is that there's jobs at stake and there's an old school kind of way of life that could get lost if they can't find a way to integrate. And I think they must know fixed odds is their, is their best hope. Um, I mean, the average age, obviously, of a horse better is considerably is probably double that of most sports betters etc so I, I i'm skeptical of the future under the best of circumstances for horse racing but to unveil the the simulcast uh, the the peri mutual product is it, it it's not what the betters of today want 
do you see uh, do you see other operators now that Bet three sixty five is involved in horse racing? Do you do you see other operators trying to follow suit and, and do similar deals with with uh, Woodbine around the the paramutual wagering? I, I mean, I would guess if it's relatively easy for them to integrate. What well, the way Lawson made it sound was that it wasn't necessarily so easy, and Bet three sixty five got a huge back office infrastructure. I can't see it being economically worthwhile for anybody. It's almost like poker rooms at a casino. You have it because your competitors have it and you want to be able to advertise maybe the weekend of the King's Plate or the weekend of the Derby, come bet with us. But I can't see it giving them much bang for their buck. Having said that, with the 15% hold and the guaranteed profits, maybe if they think they can find a way to tap into the consumer market, it's, it's free money for them. I want to uh, I want to talk about the Ontario landscape and mentioned a few minutes ago that we're we're eighteen months into the marketplace here now. I think we're uh, we're at forty six operators. There's about eighty eighty gaming regulated gaming websites across the province, and that that doesn't include uh, uh, the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Gaming Corporation. Um, are you surprised first, Harley, that that we that we still have forty six operators? Did you think maybe it might be more, or, or did you? think like I did back in April that we, we might see some uh, some operators step aside after year one. Yeah, I'm surprised that the number is still that high, um, especially when the critical mass and the big brand names into the victor goes the spoils. A few of them are probably just kind of hanging on, hoping to get acquired or integrate, I would guess. I, I, I don't I, – I'm surprised – because there's a lot of paperwork and compliance you have to do, and that kind of fixed cost component of doing it is probably eating the little guys alive. Right. And then I know again, you you've been uh, you've been a strong voice, and and when you talk to a lot of people in the industry, they always talk about product. Uh, you know, as much as someone like me wants to say content is king, uh, talk to people in the gambling industry, they'll tell you that product is king. Are there are there clear you know clear winners in Ontario on the product piece, Harley? Uh, yeah, there's a few kind of guys who have gotten certain things right. I mean, FanDuel obviously lives and dies by their same game parlays and their margins are like 10% and everybody else's are 5%. So, I mean, it should be a warning to betters to stay away from same game parlays, but clearly betters don't since FanDuel dominates the market and they got a unique same game betting product. Bet365 obviously has, besides kind of their longstanding history, by far the easiest user experience, how to see the odds, how to see the in-play, how to see the live betting. The easiest way to explain Bet365, I always explain to people is, I'd rather watch a mediocre show on Netflix than an awesome show on Disney Plus or Amazon Prime because just getting to your show on Netflix and re-watching it is so much easier. Bet365 created the Netflix experience for whatever reason. Nobody seems to be able to copy it and make it and make looking at the odds or placing a bet as quick, as easy, and as efficient as Bet365. Pinnacle obviously offers low VIG, half the VIG. Um, I know we talked a little bit about ad standards, but I'd like to see guys being able to advertise half VIG versus having Connor McDavid targeting kids and ads, but I go went the opposite direction of that and chose to have McDavid as opposed to having adults get to hear about low VIG and commission and bonuses. Pinnacle's product, obviously, with welcoming winners and half VIG is unique. 
Points bet's done a nice creative job. They push the curling. They push the name a bet. They've really kind of made betting more fun than a lot of other guys. Obviously, a tip of the cap to the Levy family and the score. They've integrated with their app. They've integrated with the betting. You can check the odds. You can place your bets. From what I understand, they have just like a huge group of just small bettors, which doesn't surprise me at all because everybody was using their app to check scores. That's the integration that the ESPNs of this world are hoping for. But every better and every fantasy guy would use the score faster than ESPN. It's just, it's almost in a way they benefited from being a more ghetto, digital, factual, number-based, computer-based app versus graphics and special effects, which is not really what you're looking for. You just want to see as many scores as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I've, I've said it a few times, Harley. I, I, I do like what FanDuel has done with this TSN deal in the product. And I think they've done a pretty nice job integrating uh, that relationship and into their sports book app, whether it's Blue Jay games or, or hockey games. And then, and now that there's an official betting partner, the CFL, I think we'll probably see that product ratchet up as well. But I, I do give uh, I do give props to FanDuel for that for I think exploring that partnership. Yeah, I, I'm not such a big CFL fan, and so for, unfortunately for TSM, with the exception of, like I said, I've been watching the Little League World Series this week, my my TV's been on Rodgers and the Jays for the better part of the last three, four months. Right. Just uh, on the AGCO ad standards that you mentioned, Harley, is that, do, you think, uh, do you think the AGCO went down the wrong road? I mean, we had heard... Uh, heard back in June when it looked like they were going to announce new standards at the end of June, early July, that they were going to take a hard line. Um, our understanding is that the uh, the provincial government has, has stepped in. And, and for now, it looks like they, they've taken over over the file. Um, I, th- I think I know what your answer is, but uh, do you think the operators kind of made, made their own bet on this one? I mean, the AGCO set them up. If they would have allowed them to advertise bonuses, they might not have gone as aggressively with guys like McDavid and Matthews. Um, I'm sure Gretzky's influence in Canada helped ensure that he could get paid the big bucks for as long as possible. I think they would have been better off deciding that maybe retired athletes or athletes who are above the age of 40 could be brand ambassadors when brand ambassadors can't grow a beard grown-ups aren't taking financial advice for them. So McDavid is targeting kids. And that's not what I go and the iGaming standard should have ever come up with. And on the flip side, adults want to hear about value and bonuses and deals. And that should have been allowed. So yeah, I think they dropped the ball uh, with the standards. And then what ended up happening was you had no choice but to use celebrities or kind of gimmicky ads if you can't advertise the bonus money. Hey Harley, I just I'd like to ask you quickly because I know we're on a on a bit of a deadline here, but just a little bit more on the bonuses and settings because again, the conferences that I attend, the people you talk to, the industry, they, they you know, the AGCO gets lauded in a lot of cases for not allowing sports books and or uh, operators, mm-hmm. operators to, to advertise those bonuses and incentives. Can you again? I just can you give me give me a little bit more on your on your spin? Why you you disagree with that? Well, I mean, what other industry is allowed to advertise and pays taxes and runs a commercial business 
and is allowed to use celebrities to push their product, but they can't explain to the customer that, for example, Caesars charges almost twice as much in fees or VIG or commission on MLB bets as most books do. So why the hell can't another book? I mean, see, good on Caesars. They can fleece the consumers and nobody else is allowed to discuss that in a public forum if you're one of the other operators. I mean, it's beyond my comprehension why they would allow Connor McDavid to advertise and push a product, but they wouldn't allow Pinnacle to advertise that if you bet with us, we're going to charge less fees. I mean, whenever you watch the bank ads on TV, all you see is lower fee accounts. I mean, it, it's it's mind-boggling to me. But the problem with the HGCO and IGO is they don't have sports betting experts on staff. So they're reliant on who? Operators who sometimes sway them in the wrong direction lobbyists and consultants there's nobody kind of representing the consumer who's going to say listen for the consumer to succeed they need bonuses they need information they need channels and venues where they can register complaints to i've gotten like 10 or 12 different direct messages on twitter in the last few months from people that are having fights with operators about withholding money Sometimes they have operators being recorded admitting that they dropped the ball and still they're having problems. There needs to be a little more consumer focus and consumer protection. Uh, you can find Harley Redlick on Twitter at Sharp Edge Picks. And Harley is always uh, a bit of a contrarian. We, we always uh, always really like to have your, your opinion and your thoughts on, on this program, Harley. And again, with your background on, on the betting space, it's uh, – it's good information for our, our listeners. Uh, great to catch up with you, Harley, and to, to hear that you've had a, a great summer. And uh, we'll look forward. We'll get you back on once the NFL regular season starts. Sounds good, Steve. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you, Harley. As always, you can find this podcast at GamingNewsCanada.ca or on the various podcast platforms. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you for listening to the Gaming News Canada show. Sign up for our newsletter at GamingNewsCanada.ca. Follow Steve McAllister on LinkedIn. Message Steve if you're interested in being a sponsor or featured guest.